Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Raul Rodriguez, the Managing Director of of the Innovation Accelerator at Charles Schwab. Raul, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me. Thanks for having me. So start by just giving us a quick background on yourself, you know, where you're coming from and, and what your role really is. Sure. So I've been with Charles Schwab for roughly 10 years. Um, I've been the managing director for the Innovation Accelerator for just over two now. Prior to that, I worked in the product development organization building out self-service and security applications. Um, really as a product person, obviously not a technologist. But my in, the interesting part here is that my background, my education is actually mechanical engineering. Um, and I, I use that still uh, to this day to, to take things apart. Uh, in this case, client problems, but it, it has become still a very relevant aspect of what I do. Yeah, it's a good habit to get into the idea that I'm just going to take it apart and see how it works. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Innovation Accelerator there, because it's slightly different from what people may be thinking of when they think of an accelerator. Can you just talk through kind of the basics of, of how the program works there? Sure, yeah. So it started when uh, our digital services organization was really looking for how do we how do we create a program? How do we you know institutionalize a program? that can provide new and different ways of solving, say, existing and current client problems. Um, and it, it's, it's an internal program. So one of the first things that, you know, I think people find, get, find surprising is that it's not hosted by, you know, a third party. It's not hosted in a partnership with other groups. It's really all kind of homegrown. Uh, we have external uh, partnerships that we use, but what we, what we really do is we run 12-week labs. And in our 12-week labs, we take a client problem and we, we really break it down. We use generative research early on, uh, interviewing different clients that might uh, be in scope. We do a lot of ideation exercises using design thinking principles. Um, and then down the road, we actually develop concepts that we use client testing to refine. We'll start with as many as 20 client concepts uh, and then winnow those down to maybe a handful to even a single one. That's something that we can actually recommend for the, the business to take forward. We do about 10 of these a year. Um, so we're running through uh, maybe two at a time, two to three at a time uh, concurrently. So it's, it's quite the operation uh, these days. It, it's grown considerably from where we started when we only did about four labs a year. That's awesome. So there's a couple of things that are really interesting to highlight right away there. I mean, first off, the scope, the, the size of the program that you're running is uh, really impressive. And the number of different ideas that you're pushing through there over the course of a year, I think, really speaks to the culture of innovation that you've been able to foster. And, and, and actually, it's that culture of innovation piece that I really wanted to dive into next, because I think a lot of companies, financial institutions in particular, understand that in order to survive, in order to continue to grow, they need to be able to have an innovative mindset. But there's obviously some headwinds for a lot of companies who are trying to do that. And, and the actual concrete steps of how you create that culture of innovation is something that I think a lot of people would be really curious about. So can you speak to the pieces that you found to be you know, the most important in your experience of creating that kind of culture of innovation you're talking about? Sure. I mean, one of the interesting things, when I, you know, even when I started at Schwab from the very beginning, right, was it is... It's very apparent inside the walls that there is a, a deep kind of culture of innovation going on. Um, what, I, what I saw ahead of me as the task was really, how do you create 
an innovation practice, like a dedicated innovation practice? How do you put pieces into place so that that culture can thrive tangibly? It can produce ideas. And when I came into this role, you know, the two things I really wanted to do, the two things I said, this is what is going to set us apart operationally, right? Was I wanted space to really understand the problem. A lot of times what we react to is the symptoms of the, the, the underlying problem. We try to solve and band-aid the, the things that are kind of cropping up most superficially. But I wanted space to really dive into what does the client actually need? And then the other part of it was I really wanted a space so that people could come up with just net new ideas. I, one of the things I've told teams before is I don't want the next version of what we already have. I don't want us to do what we do just better and more of it. I want a different way of solving this problem. And so to do that, right, we kind of started from a place with not a lot of process. Some of the first lab teams, I just, I said, here's the, here's the problem statement. Now, now go find, you know, a better way of doing this. And we built the process organically over time. And uh, a couple of the things that are really critical in there, as I learned watching, right? Early on, I was watching the lab teams almost as much as I was watching with the product that was evolving from them. And one of the, the most important things was just the space, like give teams the time and the space to really develop uh, these ideas and, and to have the space to actually say, you know, this concept is not a good concept. The, you know, this is something we should throw away or we should start over. Or we should take a couple steps back to provide the room for that in an organization that is very, very productive, very organized, very good at execution. You have to create it and you have to protect it. Um, the second big thing that really came uh, up was just mindsets, right? Like, when you're doing a job that you get very, very good at, your, your structure, your, your framework for how to solve problems becomes uh, kind of unified. Like you get into a habit of really knowing how to solve problems a particular way. And we had to be, bring people into teams and say, I know that that's how we solve problems normally, but we need to solve this problem in three or four different ways. How do we, how do we break you out of that comfort in that particular framework and try out different frameworks to solve this problem and to, to look into different perspectives and different opinions to do that. Because what you're really trying to find is something you haven't found before. If you use your same framework, you're going to come back with the same ideas that you've always had. How do we get you to get new ideas? It's really to like think differently about it and to, to come at it with a different framework. Yeah, a couple of things to highlight there as well. You know, people who listen to the podcast regularly will know there's kind of this recurring theme of the people that we speak to talking about this focus on customer needs first and foremost, and really looking at the problem statements coming from them. This is kind of overarching, what are you trying to do type of message is obviously really vital. And then the second thing that I think is really unique is actually, you know, the space that you're providing. So many people expect good ideas to come out of people, but they don't give them time to have those ideas. And, and also to a point you were making as well, sometimes those ideas aren't going to be good. And that, that needs to be okay. You need to give people an opportunity to think, to give them space to try something and, and also have the understanding that not everything is going to work. And that doesn't mean that it was a wasted effort. It can potentially lead to something else down the road, or even if nothing else, it's a useful thought exercise to go through that process. Um, let's approach this from the other side. Now, what are some of the biggest roadblocks that you've encountered as you've been looking to, to kind of build and foster this culture? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest challenge that comes to mind, and I think this is probably, if I had to guess, a common challenge, right, is you're, you're running these engagements, you're running, you know, 12-week labs, you know, you're doing two of them at a time. You have ideas emerge. You have these great ideas emerge that are client-tested. They're like, the clients have said, this is what we want, uh, but they come about suddenly. And in a large organization that's very productive and very activated, 
there's this apparatus. It's almost like this just moving train of, of stuff that's happening. And how do, you, how do you make that jump on? How do you onboard yourself into that flow so that you can get these ideas that are, that are theoretical in a way, they're concepts, but how do you make them tangible? You got to get on this path to get it out in front of client. And um, that, that, was a really, that was a real big challenge for us because the, the bridge, you know, the, the ability to, to cross that divide and get onto that, to that apparatus is just always moving, right? There, there, it wasn't there. We had to create it. And I think one of the key things to think about when you're trying to create this is create multiple ways of doing it, right? You can, we've had different concepts like our Schwab plan that we able to hand off, hand off to another team, right? Have them develop it. But we've also had concepts like our fixed income work where we're doing it ourselves, right? We're actually building it ourselves. So having a plurality of these, these bridges to the overall apparatus that's always moving, always fully booked, always activated, fully prioritized, right? You have to have a couple of ways of doing it so that you can move in between them and be kind of opportunistic as to what the circumstances are allowing for. That was a big unlock for us, not even that long ago, just last year in 2020. Yeah, and I think this is a problem that is maybe not unique to financial services, but certainly very acute in financial services. You cannot stop in order to add something new. There's no downtime that's acceptable, right? And so this is a, a really big challenge. Do you try and build something and then get it up to speed and push it onto the train? Do you put it on the train when it's a third built and try and build it while it's moving? There's so many different strategies here, and there's obviously pitfalls with all of them that having a um, you know, a, a lot of different options, I think, really makes sense. And thinking about, again, you know, the specifics of what you're trying to do, how it can fit in, and how to get that involved is something which is, again, time really well spent, even though it's time spent on, um, you know, with, without a ton of tangible results. Just thinking about that problem is something which is a really important step. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about offline that I thought was really interesting and, and will probably be where we close the interview, but um, you mentioned the importance of building teams with diverse perspectives as a mean to uncovering new ideas and innovations. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach that challenge? I think this is something that everybody sort of agrees is a good idea. You know, diverse perspectives and opinions is good. But how do you go about actually building that in a tangible sense? Sure. It comes down to how we form the teams. So our teams that run labs, they're about six people, a team. And we actually try to shoot for a roughly 50-50 split. So 50% of them are pros. They're, they're people that are on my team. They've done five, six labs you know, before. They, they know the practice. They know kind of the principles of it. The second half of the team is really people that come from throughout the organization. A lot of times it's from organizations that would likely benefit from the innovation concept being produced. So they have you know, a bit of a, a vested interest and also the history around like, what happens in that space. Um, and you bring them together and do it for a lot of reasons. But one of the big reasons is that the, the folks that come into the lab, we call them rotational members. They often, this is their first time experiencing, like I would say like a deep focused you know, innovation practice where they're putting into play a lot of the training. We've done a lot of design thinking training at Schwab over the last couple of years. And this is, might be the, the opportunity where they get the deepest experience with that. And it, it does a bunch of things. It proves out that it's possible to use kind of test and learn methodologies, design thinking, throwing things away that don't work and starting over again, and it not being a failure, but really just a learning. And they, and they have that environment and, and, they, and they're able to practice those things. Then they take them back to their home organizations and they say, I've seen how this works. I know how to do this. I can put this into place in my day-to-day -day work 
over here, even where it's very like productive or very execution oriented, and I can still get better results at very, very low costs. Um, on the other hand, when they're coming into the lab, they're providing a different perspective and a different kind of, like their own framework. We have so many organizations at Schwab that any, you pull somebody out of anyone and you get this kind of unique kind of way of looking at things, way of tackling the problems. And that helps our pros, right? Our pros, even though they're amazing, they can still get stuck in a rut. They can still you know, get stuck in these, these familiar patterns that are comfortable to them. And the idea is if you really want new ideas, you have to disrupt everyone, even your pros, right? And how does, yeah. how does this and, and disrupt and, and offer that new perspective? And I think the next step we want to get to, because this, again, these are internal teams. How do we bring in that external perspective, even outside of Schwab? How do our teams grow in that diversity in, in, in terms of including non-Schwab employees in, in these teams and in continuing the evolution of the mindset and, and bringing even maybe outside of financial services experience into a team and seeing what that perspective looks like? Again, always in the service of trying to find that new way of solving a client problem. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. And I hope people were taking notes during that part because I think the, the idea that you need to constantly be disrupting everyone, I think is something which, you know, innovation teams don't like to feel disrupted any more than anybody else does. And so sometimes you get in this mode, you say, no, no, I'm the one doing the disrupting. You don't come and disrupt me. But obviously this kind of revolving door of, of constant access between people who are, you know, with different perspectives, approaching customers in the real world, bringing their experience into an innovation lab type setting. And then at the same time, other people say, look, this is how you can really push yourself in an innovation lab type setting to, to do more and to take that product farther, take that idea farther is I think a really unique one. So, um, well, this has been really informative, Raul. Thank you so much for taking the time. Again, uh, Raul is the Managing Director of the Innovation Accelerator at Charles Schwab. We will be watching at Finnovate with a close eye to see what types of products come out of this accelerator. Raul, thank you again for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.